Welcome back to the Line to Gain podcast. Uh, this is uh, we're reviewing week thirteen of the NFL season. Uh, this is our fourteenth episode. Uh, week thirteen of the twenty twenty two NFL season. My name is Jeremy Dixon. I'm your host as always. Here with Mike Parker, as per usual. Mike, how you doing, man? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, get my headset <laughs> kind of settled in here. Get, 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 but other than that, I'm doing pretty in. good. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. We had a good week of football this week, man. It was fun. Every week that, that the Seahawks win and the Broncos lose, I'm like ecstatic. Like you can't, it's hard to bring me down off of this week. So. Yeah, we had a couple of really good matchups as well. Um, obviously, we had Seattle at Rams. That was fun to watch. Um, we had, uh, Tennessee at Philly, you know, yeah, just, you know, teams at the top of their Mm -hmm. conference or their divisions, Kansas city, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. That was a fantastic game. And and I was kind of looking forward to that, uh, the, uh, chargers Las Vegas game because you never know what you're going to get with those teams. Right. So kind of two mediocre teams, but they're really like fighting for, yeah, yeah, they're fighting for a a playoff spot. Big time. Yeah, so uh, I guess let's let's dig in. I guess to our our gambling, uh, you know, I don't know woes. What what, what, what do we want to even call this? Yeah, uh, yeah, gambling woes. <laughs> I know, yeah, like... I know. This this week, I think it was more woes than uh, than than happiness. So yeah, let's uh, we'll we'll go over yours first, and then I'll get into mine. All right. So uh, my first one was New York Jets money line at Minnesota. It was plus one thirty-two. I thought they had a really good chance going into Minnesota to, um, if they could have some decent quarterback play, run the ball. I thought that defense was was going to be good enough to hold up against um, that Minnesota offense. You know, they they have a kind of weak offensive line. Um, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, so I thought I had a chance here. I think so we have to start changing our tone on Kirk Cousins. I don't a think so. Bit, I watch sure? the games. I watch the games. Okay. I mean, he's he is what he is, man. Man, they're ten and two though. Bro. The record's That's... great. The record's great, uh, but the record is a reflection of the team, not Kirk Cousins. I... He doesn't take chances downfield. He takes True. sacks a lot. He doesn't move in the pocket well. Um, he can make right. amazing throws every once in a while, like. Close he, his eyes and sling it kind of throws, but the end of the day though, man, would you rather be the the a Minnesota Vikings fan or a, I don't know. But again, we're not talking about the team. Yeah. We're talking about Kirk Cousins. Even if I was a Minnesota Vikings fan, you I would be, still would be I, I'd be completely ec- ecstatic at yeah. my ten and two record and hoping that Kirk Cousins can hold it together through it. the playoffs. Yeah. 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 Well anyways, he held it together this game. Um, I, so I lost, I, I lost the money line bet <laughs> by five points though. I mean, it yeah. was right there. Uh, my next one was, uh, I th- mean, a money line bet of losing by five points is a great, but I like the way I like your positive spin on but it. But I'm just so saying it's right there and it's, it's right there and <laughs> within a touchdown for sure. But they, but they were moving the ball. They were they right were. there. They were and in the red zone. Mike, when, if Mike White didn't blow it at the end, we're, we're golden. But yeah, we'll get to that his, later. I'm, we'll change, get to that later. I'm changing his name to White Mike. White Mike. <laughs> I love it. He will, All right. he will be referred to as Mike Wake. So you lost that one. Was that the only bet you just had them straight on the money line? Yeah, that was there, it. There's, okay. I had, I decided not to do any um, parlays. Yeah. It just, it was killing me, and I'm, I was reaching for you know point values. And I don't think I, I had a couple of this week. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about, but I even took some um, some lines. 
okay. this week. So let's get into it. Points, point spreads. All right, my next one: Denver uh, money line at Baltimore. It was plus three fifteen. Told you, man. It, again, I lost this by one point. one point. It was right there, and it, they had a chance. You know, with like thirty two seconds left <laughs> to stop them. Yeah, but that I watched defense, every second. That, of that defense game. up to that last four minutes had only allowed three points the right. entire game. So it, I mean. The offense for Denver was equally inept. They were three times better, apparently, at least up to that point. Um, but yeah. it was I was right there. And then, you know, Lamar Jackson goes out. I'm like, yes. Not that I wish it will, but just for that moment, that game was bad. Oh, yeah, bad. That, looked bad. that looked like it was over at that point. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that was going to be – Tyler Huntley, I, I was rooting – like, I was sitting here <laughs> watching that game with a couple of buddies, and it, we were, like, all just pulling our freaking hair out. What little hair we all have left. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah, and agonizing over that game, and thankfully it uh, ended in a positive for us and, and the Seahawks. So. so this one, my next one, I got I got pretty slaughtered in this one, but it wasn't because so you're zero and two at this point. Zero and two. I'm down two hundred. Yeah. Then I pick uh, Cleveland at Houston, the Houston money line. <sighs> I figured the Deshaun Watson going back to Houston, first game back. Um, all of his ten or more of his accusers were in the stadium. <laughs> I honestly didn't hear a lot of like noise or mess. It looks like the N- NFL just buried this. You know, yeah. there was no media that were discussing it. Yeah, they barely talked. He about played game. horribly. We'll talk more about yeah. that later. I'm he sure. Was, yeah, he was terrible. Um, but yeah, I thought three, I thought three, they could steal one. I thought three they could defensive steal one. and special teams touchdowns yeah. on the day for Cleveland. That's yeah. the only reason they won that game. I thought they could steal one. And let's face it, Cleveland's not a good team despite this win. But I lost. No. Um, and then my final one: New Orleans at Tampa Bay on Monday night. I took the Tampa Bay money line plus one fifty four. Hit that underdog. I got. Uh, Got to pay out on that one. So I'm down 46 bucks on my bets this week, and I'm still in the black at uh, 216.59. I mean, it's nothing like I can't pay a mortgage or anything with this, but um, it is what it is. So you're down how much on the week? $46. Okay. Great, great, great. Um, so yeah, mine, uh, my, my bets started off great on Thursday night football. I had Buffalo minus three and a half at new England, uh, Buffalo won by, I don't know, 10 or seven or eight or something. But, uh, anyway, they, they got that 14, 14, whatever they have, something like that. Uh, yeah, they got the W for me. Uh, that, that felt good. Uh, felt good going into the weekend. Uh, and then I took, I didn't take Houston on the money line, but I took their, just a minus seven point spread Hmm. and figured I was golden with that. I just, I didn't like, I, I figured I I thought, right. We both thought, right. Deshaun Watson looked like shit. Like Mm -hmm. we thought he would after being off for, that was the one thing I kept hearing was, Oh, he's been off for 700 days. Exactly. Today. This is, it's been 700 days since his last uh, start in the NFL. And he looked like he had been off for 700 days. And did not play well, but obviously uh, Cleveland was able to get two defensive touchdowns and a special teams touchdown, won that game. Uh, That's handily. crazy. Not one offensive touchdown. Yeah. They won that one handily, so I lost that bet. Uh, lost. Uh, I also bet on the Los Angeles Chargers minus one and a half at Las Vegas. I just thought Vegas coming off of a big win against the Seahawks, they would uh, have a little bit of a letdown against a Chargers team that really needs to get in the win column desperately, man. I mean, they need to really pick it up if they're going to make the playoffs. 
uh, with with Justin. Yeah, that Herbert. surging Raiders team. I thought the Chargers would have just attacked that uh, the secondary for the Raiders, but they held up and yeah. I watched a big chunk of that game. They looked really yeah. good. Yeah, so I lost that one as well. Um, and then I uh, chose Pittsburgh minus one at Atlanta. I just figured, um, you know, and they and they ended up winning that game. Yeah, by you got three. that one, right? Pittsburgh yeah. got that one. So I was. Uh, That's a pick'em right there. Yeah, I was two and two. I was so basically negative twenty dollars. Um, you know, on my three negative one ten bets, uh, and yeah, so you know minus twenty can't be too upset, but uh, you know would have really liked to see the Chargers or the the Texans. Uh, at least keep it close in those two games and they weren't able to do that. So, yep. Uh, down $20, three plus three ten on the season, keeping it moving. All right. So, um, I talked to you about me and my wife are doing this thing where she like randomly picks things. I give her two teams and she picks on, uses whatever method right. that she wants, has no idea about any of these teams. Or virtually little. Anything yeah. anything she knows, she's heard from me, basically. Uh, just me talking about things. So we we basically do a pick em for every single game of the week. We take the, the money line amount and that, you know, whatever our wins minus 100 are, you know, then whatever our payout is. Yeah. I'm sorry, a loss is minus 100. And whatever the payout is, we get that win. Okay. Or we get that money, that payout. And then we, we look at how many each of us has won. And then what the total dollar amount is, you know, for the winnings. Yeah. So uh, week 13, um, she had seven wins um, for a total of $611.25 in the positive. Uh, I had six. So she beat me on the wins and I only had $345.07. So just randomly picking shit based on whatever kind of value she does. uh, She destroyed me. This last week. So this has been a lot of fun. So like, two weeks in a row, she's beat you, right? Yeah. So let's really quickly. Well, we we tied in wins last week. Okay. Um, but she clowned me uh, with $829.82. That's That was her payout that week. And okay. then I had six thirty three eighty seven. Man, if I had like $1,400 just to throw down, like, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, not crazy. I'm not coming out of the positive that much. We should we should do it, man. One week, let's go have these on it. Just pick no. some teams. Let's go, bro. I cannot justify that. Come on, let's do it. Nah, man. No. Uh, you know, I did bet. So I was down to my last five dollars in my Bovada account, mm. and I was like, you know what? Uh, I just went through. Christmas I, is around the corner. I bet on like six uh, college games. Daddy needs a new pair of New um, Balance. Yeah. I bet on like, I just bet all money lines. though. I oh bet boy. like Georgia, I bet Jackson state before uh, Dion left to go to Colorado, which was a fan. T- I don't know if anybody watched the press conference that Dion gave where he told the players at Colorado, they better, uh, he's bringing in his guys and they better, uh, either get with the program or transfer Yeah, uh, hit, or hit the transfer portal. Well, they were one in whatever. So they were yeah, pretty bad. They were terrible. So I, that's why people are all up in arms that he told them that I'm like, yeah, you should have told them that anyway. Uh, so everyone's I, like, this is the way they talk. This is the, these are coaches talking to their kids. Yeah. It's, it's what happens. Yeah, no doubt. It's not no shocking. Doubt. But he records everything. Right. So. Well, I, him walking into the room uh, to all eyes on me by Tupac was my favorite moment of the whole. Oh thing. man, was that Mike? That's Fantastic. like Mike Tyson's walk-in music. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> so good, so good. All right. Anyway, uh, I so I bet on like there was like seven college games. Got those all right. Then I had bet on 
four games on NFL Sunday on the money line as well. And the four games were Cleveland, money line against uh, Houston. Figured that would be an easy win. That was. I had the Ravens, money line against Denver. Won that by one point. And I had Tampa Bay, uh, money line against, who did they play? New Orleans on Sunday night football. Won that one by one point. Uh, that was Monday night, right? Was that no? Dallas was Monday night, wasn't it? No, Tampa, Tampa, New Orleans was Monday. Dallas was Sunday night. Sorry, I had the Seahawks. I did. I didn't bet on the Tampa. I, I did bet on the Tampa game later. Sorry. So I had Cleveland over uh, Houston. I had the Ravens over Denver. I had the Seahawks over the Rams, which was a freaking nail biter. And then I had the Dallas game as well. And so it was like $5 to win 75 because the money line, like the Jackson State Oh, you game, needed all of these legs yes, to hit. Yes, all of them. I see. So the Jackson State game, though, was like minus 1,400. So I probably shouldn't even have bet on that. It just probably like brought my odds way down. So anyway, it was like $5 to they win. They won, though, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. But it was $5 to win $75 or something. And so I looked at the games after the Seahawks game. I looked at my my Bovada account and it was offering me, it was either I could have played no. the Dallas game out and I would have won 75 or I could have taken an immediate payout of 64 or something like that. And I'm like, it's not worth risking $64 or, or winning nine more dollars for playing that game out. Sure. So I took the $64. That's but enough then, for, yeah. but then i made a $5, another $5 bet on Dallas money line Dallas over Dallas uh, Tampa or D- Dallas versus who uh, New Orleans over Dallas no versus Dallas Colts. versus Colts over sorry that was Tampa Bay and then the Tampa Bay over or Tampa Bay money line against New Orleans uh, and one that that off Tom Brady scoring a touchdown with whatever four seconds to go in the game uh, so I you know I I, I was the benefit uh, beneficiary of three one point late game comebacks uh on the i feel like i'm looking at one of those boards with the strings go crisscrossing it yeah exactly that's what i that's exactly what i did man that's how i felt as well weaving magic i went from five dollars in my bovado account to 75 dollars. so there you go happy man get them new jaunts (laughs) all right let's um let's discuss the games i guess in more in further detail so the first game on our docket is buffalo at new england uh mac daddy jones looked really bad he can't run um he looks really stiff in the pocket um he doesn't slide or move at all um he just gets pressured a lot and hammered and i I don't know it wasn't uh, a particularly good day for either quarterback but at least buffalo managed to put together three td drives uh new england punted on six of their nine drives so they just weren't moving the ball they missed a field goal and managed only um to hang hang 10 points on on buffalo so they weren't moving the ball they punted a lot uh, they were missing point they were missing point opportunities yeah. and matt, matt looked like garbage yeah, uh, please stop calling him Mac Daddy Jones. It's uh, funny, though. It's ironic. <laughs> it is. It's ironic, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, not a great game. Uh, Buffalo's clearly the head is head and shoulders above the other teams in that uh, Yeah, 9-3 now. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, I mean, Miami's there too, but I know Tua got, got a little dinged up again, but yeah, so. Yeah, they're uh, looking at Jets, Dolphins, and then they finish out with the Bengals, Patriots, the the Buffalo Bills. So mm-hmm. they got a pretty tough schedule coming All up. All divisional games too, that's interesting. Well, Bengals not, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, different conference Play three, though. yeah, play yeah. three of the four. Yeah, yeah. And they do yeah, that on purpose. And they're and they are they're the fourth team. So yeah, they do play the whole yeah. division. Yeah, they play the entire yeah. their entire division so that, for that's sure. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that it was you know, it was good. Buffalo had to win the game. They did it. It was at New England. That's always a tough it's, it's hard to win road games in the NFL regardless yeah, of how good big time, you are. Especially so. that place. Yeah. So good good on the Buffalo and uh Josh Allen for getting that done. All right. Pittsburgh at Atlanta. Um now, he's not the most exciting QB in the league, uh, but Steady Kenny, I'm calling him now. Steady Kenny. He, he's looking pretty good. The Pittsburgh uh, offense was moving the ball pretty well. Um, I did notice that Pittsburgh does make a lot of mistakes on offense, false starts in the red zone, illegal touch in the red zone. Um, but I, I feel like Kenny P is just running around doing his thing. Um, I, I, I need the rest of that offense to kind of hold up their end of the bargain, though. Stop making the mistakes. Stay a little bit disciplined. Um, you know, make the catches, make the runs. Um, but he's playing pretty well. He's holding it together for sure. Um, Atlanta, on the other hand, uh, uh, they appeared to start to grind down that Pittsburgh D in the fourth quarter. They had a couple of long drives, one 18-play drive, including a fourth down conversion. However, they had six plays in the red zone uh, and a TD nullified due to holding penalty. They had a false start, uh, and they had to settle for a uh, field goal. In the next possession, Marcus throws an interception right out of the gate, game over. So they were moving the ball down, just grinding down Pittsburgh's D to a nub, and then they just couldn't punch it in. So really good, um, you know, ho- really good hold- job holding uh, the, uh, the uh, Atlanta offense there for the Pittsburgh D. Um, yeah, they... Atlanta's got to punch it in at that point if they want to win these games. You're playing close. Your team's playing good. The defense played really good. They just don't have the quarterback, man. Yeah. More on him a little bit later. Yeah. We'll talk about Mariota in a second. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, you know, it was a a close game. Um, I think it it boiled down to Kenny Pickett's a better quarterback already at this early stage. Steady. Yeah, steady, steady, Kenny. I like to call him Kenny Two Gloves, but that's Kenny Two not, Gloves. That's I mean, it's kind of taken. We yeah. got to come up with some new creative stuff. But I got that's you. That's true. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm in with your creativity, bro. I like it. All right. I will say that I loved Atlanta's uniforms. I love the red helmets. It mm-hmm. has the gold stripes on it, and the way that that those red helmets kind of match yeah. with the, with the uniforms. They knocked it out of the park with those uh, alternatives on uh, on Sunday. I agree. All right, Green Bay at Chicago. Um, I said Green Bay is running the ball pretty good, uh, but it seems to be stalling out in the red zone. So here were some of their um, so, some of their plays. So they had the times that they were in Chicago territory. So the first time okay. they're on the Chicago six, they get stopped. They kick, kick a field goal. Second drive in Chicago ter- territory, they're on the 37. They had a turnover on downs. The third time, now we're cooking a little bit on the Chicago 14. They get a touchdown. They come out of the half, punt, punt, and then they're back in uh, Chicago uh, territory on the 21, score a touchdown. Chicago 14, uh, field goal. This is where they take the lead, and then right away after that, 
Justin Fields hits hits the <laughs> hits the turf and throws a pick, and then uh, they kind of march it down the field uh, for for a touchdown to kind of seal that game. So to me, it wasn't looking like they were playing particularly efficient in the red zone. I did uh, stop and watch a couple of times where they were in that red zone and they just didn't seem they were running all over the field. I don't know why you get don't get inside that six yard line or whatever and just run the ball. Um, so it's just it's interesting. They have probably one of the two, one of the best you know duo in the backfield, um, and between um, Aaron and 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 Dylan. AJ, yeah. So I don't know. It, they don't look crisp, but they got the win. Yeah, and yeah, Christian Watkins getting another touchdown. I mean, that guy's uh, it. That kid's really turning into something. I feel like and. Um, I mean, Aaron only threw for one thirty-two. Yeah, I'm sorry, one eighty-two. That's crazy, right? I mean, but like I like I've keep bringing up, man. Like quarterbacks aren't throwing for as there's only a few guys throwing for even over three hundred yards every week. It seems like so. Um, you know, I think th- this may be a little bit of a. But you I mean, can I mean, tell the that, the way, gonna... that the way they mix it up, though, you they, they can move the ball. We see a lot of people moving yeah. between those 20s. Oh, absolutely. And that's it. And if they just can't punch it in where it need, where you need to be tough. Absolutely. I just don't think they're a tough team. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, they need – there's something missing from that team. I think they could be really good. I mean, the defense I don't think is great. Um, they did do well against Chicago, which isn't a great – Offense, other outside they hold of it Justin together Fields. in the first half. Chicago, that defense just looks like man. They, maybe they're better than I thought, and then it's just like a slow bleed. They yeah. did really well, you know, holding um, the Packers to ten points in the first half, and then just the floodgates open. It's hard. It's hard to overcome two turnovers. I mean, I as a Seahawks fan, I'm going. I'm rooting for Chicago in that game just because I want Chicago to get get by Denver as far as win totals go on the season. But yeah, I mean, and so I was, I felt optimistic at halftime and then it just, yeah. like At what point does Chicago just go? Well, they're already eliminated, I think, but they have to be the three, they're three and nine. I'm pretty sure I looked at it. Maybe they're three and 10 even. I I think they're one of two teams that are eliminated. It's them in Houston. Yeah. And, And I just, at what point, maybe you don't take fields out and play somebody else or whatever. I don't know what you're trying to do to protect them and keep them out for, you know, a quarter of the season. But at what point do you, are you really careful about how you use him and, well, the, and protecting the, your players? Because the cr- there's really no chance right now. Yeah. The crazy thing to me is that they, they don't really take in the NFL at the trade deadline. They trade Roquan Smith for a second round pick and then give up a second round pick to Pittsburgh for uh, Claypool. And it's just like, okay, so now you essentially traded your second-round pick for – your second-round pick and Roquan Smith for Claypool and the Ravens' second-round pick, which is going to be, you know, probably in the playoffs, I would think. So you're looking at least 16 uh, before you get to pick instead of picking at number three where you probably could grab a way better it, wide it receiver. Does, it, it just doesn't – matter if you're not in the top 10 of the first round you can always find value i think in the later rounds i mean those are the ones that everyone clamors for it seems yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what they're doing maybe just trying to find offense for justin fields so that he he can you know throw that ball downfield um but who knows who knows 
So next game is uh, Jacksonville at Detroit. Uh, Detroit hangs a 40-burger on Jacksonville. That's awesome. Um, Goff looks like an all-pro out there. So you you sent you you what did text I text me. you? Yeah. I think I said is 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 Jared Goff good at football again? Yes, or that's something exactly like what it was. that. So apparently he is. So he went thirty one for forty one. He had that's about seventy five percent. Uh, three hundred and forty yards, two touchdowns, no sa- uh, no no interceptions. A good day for him. Yeah. No, you you look good. Um, and I like it, it's I get caught up in these teams that are on hard knocks or mm-hmm. every year, man. I mean, I still I'm rooting for Indianapolis from last year's hard knocks in season. It's hard to let it go. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, Detroit was on hard knocks, the preseason hard knocks this year. And I just I'm pulling for them. And so it was nice to see them uh, come out and really kind of shine this week well this game really was a tough one for jacksonville detroit ran uh 20 more plays than jacksonville uh they possessed the ball almost 15 minutes longer Mm. and detroit scored on eight of their nine possessions the ninth was a kneel down at the end of the game so they pretty much scored every time they had the ball now i will say uh t law uh had a tough game um dare i say the detroit defense has improved and i looked at this and their DVOA has gone up. They're actually not the worst team in the league anymore. They were last in the league in defensive DVOA. Currently, they're 19th, uh, just right above Seattle, in fact. So that's interesting. Wow, that's interesting. They're improving. Yeah. Give no. it, you know, I gave uh, Aaron Glenn a little shade a few episodes ago. I got to say, man, you're getting those guys to play um, like a team. So good job. Absolutely. Sometimes it takes a little time in the NFL to get these teams to be moving in the right direction. I like it. All right. Next game, New York Jets at Minnesota. Um, Looking at the game stat line, you would have thought that uh, the Jets won this game. Minnesota got out of the gate early. We had a uh, interception by White Mike um, on the, uh, what was that? Um, On the first possession of the game. Um, and they uh, had 20 points at halftime. Uh, to, New York, to, to the Jets' credit, though, they played pretty good around the second half. They moved uh, the ball up and down the field. Um, the only issue is they were in the red zone five times and were only able to muster 16 points. So, again, we see this you know, in a lot of these games. Scoring, getting touchdowns in the red zone versus uh, field goals is very important. Um, I thought they obviously had a, a chance to win the game, but um, my, uh, White Mike throws a second interception, and it's just basically a kneel down after that. Yeah. It was I rough. A, I have a uh, take corner uh, thing on this later. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it was, uh, you know, the Jets had every chance to win this game and just kind of, you know, they don't have the quarterback to do it, so – Man, he threw for 369, and uh, but the two interceptions at the end of the day. It's tough. It's tough to overcome. Especially that one at the end. Yep. And they were right there. Yeah. No, they were. I was. It's like I, the 20, 24-yard line. Yeah. the game for sure. Yeah, I had that one on the on As the a lower. Zach Wilson stand, I'm, I'm following the Jets closely. You have to. Like, you're giving that up, right? Are you still in there? I mean, everything that I'm hearing out in the streets says this dude is trash. Mike, first of all, I don't know how out in the streets you are, but... <laughs> Uh, second of all, I feel the same way. So, <laughs> okay. I'm, but I'm I'm holding out hope. <laughs> okay. 
I hear you. I'm, I'm an eternal optimist when it comes to my uh, How, How's that picks. Jeff George stock doing? Oh, golly. All right. Uh, next game. Washington. If he was Jeff George, I would be happy right now. <laughs> he is not even Jeff George. He's so not. let's just uh, – he's more, he's more Matt Flynn than Jeff George right now. So. All right. Poor Matt Flynn. Catching shrapnel. <laughs> All right. Washington at the New York Giants. Um, man, I thought the refs were bailing out Heineke's bad throws early on yeah. with these defensive, P- uh, defensive pass interference. Um, he had a pretty good day all in all. Um, so it's hard to say that he wasn't there, <laughs> but let's take a look at his stats. So he went 275, two touchdowns, uh, 27, 41. So it's not the best percentage wise. Um, so I don't know. The, uh, jets had horrible clock management. Um, at the half, it was like Danny Dimes uh, was trying to move the ball into field goal range with like 19 seconds left, and he just runs a quarterback keeper. The clock stays moving, and they, they can't – I just I don't understand what happens in those moments. I guess it's hard. In, in the moment, you're just like, I, I want to get go that direction, and you're not thinking about what needs – all the different things that you need to do. Yeah. He probably would have been better to just – once he starts running, maybe get out of the tackle box and toss it out of bounds or throw it over somebody's head that's running you know, like an out route. It, it would be a better way to to go than, you know, a seven-yard run up the middle with 19 seconds left. <laughs> Did you see uh, Thibodeau? He was all over Heineke. He was. It was crazy. Yeah, he he looked good, man. I, and I, I was hearing the, the announcers were uh, calling him out all game long, so – uh, he had the power wa- the power rush working. He was uh, he was dipping and dipping and clipping. Yeah, he was yeah, pulling out all the moves against that uh, that Washington offensive line. Also, I really loved those New York Giants throwbacks, like circa nineteen eighty eight level unis, Lawrence Taylor style. Yeah, I loved them. I love those. They just there's they pop. I don't know what it is about them. Um, also, fan. you know how Heineke gets like Jordans. Like when he wins a game, just gets a fresh set of Jordans. Have you heard this? Yeah, every yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder what he has to what he buys himself for a tie. Is it like he he like he has to go buy like Reeboks or something? Like what? Some, what do you think? Uh, some shacks, some Reebok pumps. <laughs> some shacks. What are we doing here? Yeah, pretty dope. That's <laughs> those would actually be kind of cool though. I think kind he of a retro. He needs to get the Rain Man. Uh, have you ever seen the Rain Man? Yeah, shoes the with hypnotic the, or whatever. They actually have like looks like they have raindrops on them. They're oh, wild, man. I've never seen those. They're sweet. I have a pair in my closet. I'll, I'll show you after. Yeah. after the <laughs> I'll check them out. All right, next game, Tennessee at Philly. Um, I felt like the t- uh, Tennessee D was on the field a lot in the first half. Yeah, um, I think that wore them down quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, th- that's kind of what I'm getting at, yeah. yeah. Uh, the offense couldn't stay on the field. They had eight drives with four less plays, and then the rest of it was just Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Devonta Smith. You know. And the – it's, it was I'm curious day. to see, like, if the real reason the general manager got fired is because – uh, that AJ Brown just went off on them on uh, Sunday, scored two touchdowns. Uh, could have been three. I mean, I guess the, the one of them was uh, the one that was called back. He ended up getting a touchdown on that drive anyway. But. Well, you wonder. Um, it seems like flipping AJ Brown for a first round pick. Um, you're not going to get better than that, and if you don't want to no, pay him. But I guess. Well, that's the point. I mean, he's still he's still doing a good job executing that stuff. Like no one, no one uh, criticized 
uh, Belichick for moving on from like Richard seem I guess he was criticized but yeah, I was. mean there there's a purpose for that like at some point the return on investment becomes yeah. less and if you're looking at your stats if you're looking at you know your your saber metrics like how many years does this guy have left and what are the last two years of that contract look like on average so yeah. um, I I like to have a guy that's thinking about it you know I don't know. I'm thinking everyone's speculating. Got, there's got to be some other thing that happened that this is why he's being that he was let go um, from the latest hard knocks. Like this was very weird. Or the, when they were over in uh, Mexico City for the Monday night, they uh, yeah. they fired their offensive line coach, like for groping. Yeah, for, yeah, for groping a woman. Right? Yeah, I'm just like wow. In the gym. That's why I'm wondering like to watch if that in real time. I, yeah, I know we both uh, listened to uh, the Bill Simmons podcast on some levels, and I, I heard them chatting, and they were just like, there's no way that he, that they just fired him for – I mean, they've been one of the most winning teams in the AFC for the last five years. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to believe they would just fire him over that. But so Wait, wait, over the groping? No, no, I'm saying the uh, the, Fire the GM no firing oh. the GM from Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Over, over. Uh, now I'm not. I don't. I want to be clear. I'm not connecting the dots between the one and the other. Oh I, no, like, no. I'm not. But they, that's anything. what they were kind of alluding to. Yeah, on there that, might on be the, some on the something else podcast. that's happening. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm curious to see how that plays out because I, I think more information is going to come out as we go along. But maybe, maybe it won't. Well, who knows? Yeah, who it knows? might be a conspiracy theory. Could be. For could your be. other podcasts. All right. Next is Denver at Baltimore. Um, Disgusting game. It was. I was the only, I probably the only person in America that watched this whole game, unless you're a Denver fan or a Ravens fan. I don't even know if they could sit that, sit through that whole thing. Uh, just terrible. At the time I had said this, so Lamar Jackson goes out and then I go, man, it's a shame that Denver's offense can't put up a touchdown. It seems like a 10 point lead would be insurmountable in this game. And they just couldn't couldn't deal with it. And even with how bad that offense had been playing this year, they were still winning the game until that last five minutes. And didn't Den- Denver missed a field goal too at some to point. end the game. Okay. Oh, right. But I thought they missed another one earlier in the game that could have put them ahead 12, 12 to three, and then. Uh, but I might be wrong. Never mind. No, let's check it out. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I mean, Tyler Huntley came in and you know he did really well last year. I know people were really clamoring for him, and I'm I know people were like in the on the message boards were saying the Seahawks should look into seeing what De- uh, what Baltimore would want for Tyler Huntley, but. Uh, he did not look good at all in the uh, in that game, after, especially uh, you know, after after Lamar Jackson goes down. I mean, you are facing one of the best defenses in the league. I think that's what it comes arguably. down to more than anything. Um, but at the end of the day, he, got, he was able to get that uh, drive him down the field on that last Man. play. And they, they only missed that final okay, okay. field goal, by the way. Yep, yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure I, I saw that. Russell Wilson couldn't even get Denver into the red zone at any point in this game. And the only time that either team got in the red zone was when uh, Baltimore scored that touchdown at the end. So, I mean, it was definitely one of those defensive games. Um, so I remember like back in the heyday, you had like the early aughts. You had that Ravens defense, that Ravens team against mm-hmm. that Pittsburgh Steelers team. And it was just violent games just those defensive games Joey Porter and Ray Lewis just and... just obliterating each other and I, this 
didn't look like that because I don't think de- defenses are created the same anymore. But no. it definitely was uh, one of those types of games. Like if you really enjoyed defense, yeah. this was a great one to watch. Yeah, the Ravens, and it had some uh, like some stakes at the end of the game. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, I was just going to say the Ravens. Ever since that uh, trade for Roquan Smith, have looked that defense has looked fantastic. So, but they got to fix that offense. They have Absolutely. to fix that offense. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they get more than three points leading up to that last touchdown if Lamar Jackson's in there. But I don't know. Um, I mean, I I would hope so. Jesus, I. But yeah, maybe not. That that Broncos defense is is a championship caliber defense, no doubt about it. So. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was looking at the last three weeks was a win where they only put up 13 points, a loss to the Jaguars and a win where they only put up 10 points. I mean, they haven't been the offensive juggernaut that we might have expected in this in this part of the season. So, well, thank God their defense is playing well. Yeah, it keeps you in the game. All right. That the aforementioned Cleveland at Houston. um, I was really not looking forward to this game. I'm just going to say this right now. Uh, I have a tough time, moral dilemma, talking about Deshaun Watson. I, for one, believe that he did commit the things that he's being accused of, um, and I think he's a horrible person. Um, but we do a football podcast, and there has, there's going to be moments where his name comes up, and I think just to put it out there right now, I will discuss Deshaun Watson and his stats and his performance in a single game. I will, won't get into any of that other stuff. I won't, like, uh, I won't say anything glowing about him as a person because I think right. he's not. So I just wanted to get that out there. Um, and for that reason, wasn't looking forward to the game. Uh, the Cleveland D uh, and special teams, like, balled out uh, or bailed out Watson on his first game back for sure, scoring 21 points. He's got the pick six, fumble recovery for a TD, and the punt return. Um, Watson finished the day with 131 passing yards and an interception and a fumble. Uh, oh, yeah, shocking. Cleveland ran the ball pretty good. They're pretty good at that. Um, and then Houston is Houston. It's um, It doesn't even really look like they're trying anymore. They're definitely the worst team in the league. Yep, they're they're definitely going for that number one pick, and they've got it locked up. Yeah, but who, what do they do with it, though, you know? They draft a quarterback. They have to. But who? C.J. Stroud. Ugh. I don't like him. I don't like Stroud's going to be the one. Stroud's going to be the one. I think he's he's just bigger than than Bryce. Uh, they'll go for they'll go for Young. You think they're going to go for Bryce Young? Absolutely. I don't know, yeah. man. Bryce Young didn't live up to the hype. I guess neither of them really lived up to the hype this year. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah, we will indeed. All right. So the next game, Seattle at the Rams. Um, I was really surprised at how feisty um, the Rams team was being. Um, I didn't expect him to just I, – I didn't expect him to just ro- roll over, but I didn't expect him to be able to drive the ball down the field like they did. Our defense is uh, – Seattle's defense is terrible. It's a problem right now for sure. Terrible. So on a bright note, despite having relatively poor showings over uh, that two-game losing streak, uh, both DK Metcalf – and Tyler Lockett had big games. Now, I took a look at every single one of Metcalf's receptions, and he's not jumping off the screen. A lot of comebacks um, and crosses. I I will say that even though um, 
I would have liked Metcalf to sell the corner out a bit more on that winning touchdown. It was a really, really good catch and throw. Really yeah. good. I mean, um, Geno Smith dropped it in the right, like right into the bucket, and um, it was a good hands catch by Metcalf. But despite him having a good, good day, I just I don't I don't see. I mean, I, man, I'm not sure I'd have him top ten receiver right now. Um, yeah. Either of them? Oh, definitely not either of them. I think Tyler Lockett's farther down that list. Yeah. I mean, hey, man, DK Metcalf made a winning catch against pro- arguably the best cornerback in the league, one of the top five for sure. I want him to run routes, sell routes, use his leverage in a way that isn't bull rushing somebody, use a little finesse from time to time. I love when he does that step back and run, runs over that corner that's you know across from him. <laughs> but I also want him to be able to fake an in route and then take it to the corner. Like I want him to sell – like you watch yeah. A.J. Brown um, on that. He ran that out and just caught that cornerback. Just that double move. Yeah. And he can't, for some reason, it's like, I'm going to go as fast as I can by somebody or I'm going to run directly into their face. And he, it, like, you got to have. Yeah. And he doesn't have really good get off the line. It's, again, it's straight off line. You look at between what he does, and I'm, we're, we're comparing the best to the best here. So let's keep that in perspective as well. Right. Uh, you're comparing, and you look at Adams from Las Vegas. He has that little stutter step and that he gets off that line so quick and explosive. Um, I just don't see that either with him. So I'd like to see some you, of those things. How many wide receivers do you put ahead of DK Metcalf in the NFL right now? And where do you rank him? There is no range, way. I, there's like no way. Range. Uh, I, I said he's 20th, 10 to 10 to 12. 10 maybe. to 12. Yeah. So he's top half of receivers. If you are, if you're looking top half of like, Number one receivers in the league. No, I wouldn't even call that because Michael Pittman's a number one. I wouldn't call him a number one. C.D. Lamb's a number one. I wouldn't call him a number one. So I think there's number twos that are better than those guys. Okay. Like Devontae Smith's better than C.D. Lamb or is better than Christian Kirk. All right. Interesting. I like it. All right. Hot take alert. <laughs> we'll see. I just want to see him do more like, – like more – I want him to be a wide receiver. All right. I don't yeah. need him to be a running back out there that can catch. Yeah. I shit. After the Seahawks lost like three running backs in that game, I thought they you might put him put in him the backfield. Yeah, yeah. Why not? He runs too high, but I get it. All right. Well, he's supposed to. I mean, what, what are you going to do? He's not yeah. a running back. All yeah. right. Miami at San Francisco. This was a great game. Um, after that long TD, the first play, I was like, oh my God, right out of the gates. Here we go. Um, Miami went um, on two, three and three and outs. Um, they got a field goal, two more three and outs to end the half. Tua looked a little confused by what he was seeing. He was throwing a little bit late. I mean, he's throwing, he's getting it to the spot, but he's like six, six inches too high or a foot too far to the left, and he was missing his receivers. And I'm not sure where the accuracy went on those days. Was it the pressure up front or, or, or what? So. Obviously, the San Francisco D looked great. Um, it didn't even seem to matter who was at quarterback because uh, Jimmy uh, G went down with a broken foot. And uh, Mr. a person I've never heard of before named Brock Purdy had to come in and finish out the game. Yeah, it was uh, 
you know, when I, I saw, I actually saw Richard Sherman tweet out like something about Jimmy G going down. And I was like, Oh damn. And I went and looked it up and it was, uh, it, they, like on the, on Twitter, it was saying it might be a head injury. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, I hope he's all right. And then I go and look and it was like, clearly it was a foot and they had to cart him off the field and all that, uh, noise. So, um, unfortunately, uh, you know, he's out. They were saying he was out for the year, but then I know uh, over the last day here, uh, we're 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 uh, recording this on a Wednesday on December seventh, and uh, it came out that he could potentially come back in. It's uh, a Liz Frank injury. It's not it... even a Liz Frank. They said they uh, they like uh, corrected their reporting on oh, that. Okay, so it's not actually Liz Frank, and and they think that the recovery time seven to eight weeks. Like, it's just a broken that, foot. Yeah, that's standard for broken so, bones. Huh? Uh, yeah, so we'll see Unless what like, you know if he can come back. Sounds they, like a fracture, not a not a not a clean break. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I, I have no idea, but uh, yeah, it sounds like he might be able to come back for uh, at least like the NFC Championship if they can make it that far um as a seahawks fan i definitely hope they don't but um they are definitely one of the top couple of teams in the nfc uh if if they're healthy so well brock purdy went 25 to 37 210 and two touchdowns and a pick in his um, relief of jimmy g he did take three sacks for 26 yards so that's like scott or zach wilson numbers for for lost yards for sacks um We'll see. They said he was processing and making right reads um, pretty good, at least the analysis. But it does – the speed of the game maybe caught up with him with those sacks. Who knows? Um, yeah, it'll we'll be see. interesting. He's Mr. Irrelevant this last year, yeah. and uh, they're making a big deal about that. So um, it'll be – you know, I, I know a lot of people were comparing him to Sean White coming in for the uh, – The snowboard Sean King, I mean, sorry, uh, coming in for the uh, – Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in 99 and leading them to the NFC championship uh, and, and kind of falling short late. But yeah, they're saying, you know, it, it can happen, man. You can get a late round pick that, that is able to, to keep it together. I mean, they definitely have a championship caliber defense. They have a lot of uh, weapons on offense. I was texting you throughout the week, wondering if you thought that the Seahawks should block uh, the 49ers from being able to get Baker Mayfield in the building and I was confused because I'm just like man I don't know if you'd rather have a seventh round draft pick starting for uh the 49ers or if you'd rather have Baker Mayfield starting for the 49ers I think you were in the the camp of Baker Mayfield would probably be better for the Seahawks yeah to have him starting out there but I, I just mean, the Seahawks my, defense my is so bad yeah. I don't know if that's true yeah well who knows but now he's with the Rams so we'll we'll never know there you go. All right, next game, um, Kansas City at Cincinnati. Um, I'm going to take back some of the shade that I was casting upon uh, Samanje uh, P. Ryan. Oh, are you? Yep, I am. I'm taking uh, it are back. You, are you going to be giving me credit for saying that I thought this was the, the game of the AFC? Why do you think I'm saying this? I mean, you're... <laughs> I love it. I'm here. Let's go. I'm this, here for all of it, Mike. Let's go. Let's this won't be the be first quiet. time. This is not the, well, the first time that I take back some of my comments uh, right. in this podcast. No, so, he looked... Piron looked pretty good, though, in that game. Yeah, 150 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. Um, he's not the fleetest of foot, I guess, but he does run hard. Um, he's really tough to bring down. So he really surprised me in this game, held it together for that team. It was a lot of fun to watch a couple of the top three quarterbacks go at it. Those, those guys are just com- competitors, you know, top to bottom. I love Burrow. I love uh, Mahomes. 
Um, these teams are really close in like team stats. Uh, it seems that the difference in the game was that Kelsey fumble. And it and it's really like he was just the ball was just ripped violently out of his hands. Yeah. And that that ended up Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's undefeated against uh, Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. So I, there it is. It's fun uh, stuff. It's fun to watch, man. The, 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 I think that this these two teams are gonna have a lot to say about who represents the AFC in the uh, Super Bowl. So yeah. All right, next game. Uh, LA, I was going to call them San Diego again. Los Angeles uh, Chargers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I like the powder blue of the Chargers. Don't well, get don't get me wrong, but those yellow pants. I don't know. I turned the TV on and just went, "Wow, they look like like marshmallows." They just they <laughs> they look soft. It made me. I was like, "This team looks soft." Uh, but who's not soft is Justin Herbert, um, despite him being a duck. He did compete. Um, he was under. I like that. <laughs> he was under pressure most of the game. Um, the big story, however, is Devontae Adams. 177 yards, two TDs. He was unstoppable. And Carr, even with the rainbows, uh, was able to get it out to him. He is the best route runner in the game, as we mentioned before. I was kind of watching some of those um, uh, his get offs on those plays, and it's just. How he creates space, like like within two yards of the line of scrimmage, it just it puts the defender like out of position immediately. And his ability, because he doesn't come straight at you, he goes left or right depending on what the what the you know the play is a little bit. And even though he might be out of the route, like if you were to draw like the route line, he might be out of that, but he gets back to the spot and he really sells using leverage like to push the guy outside if he's going in, really sell the in if he's going out. So, I mean, he does a fantastic job running routes. I like to see like you know how they have clinics for defensive ends and for tight ends, a bunch of these guys, they mm-hmm. get together and they give them techniques and they, you know, they have a little I want to see that for receivers cuz I think that's what DK needs. He needs somebody some like Devonte Adams type to sit out in the thing. No, 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 don't. Do this with your feet. And just like see what happens, yeah, and get it, get that committed to memory. But he he looked amazing. I thought he was amazing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. All right, another one that was really amazing this game. Um, um, let's not forget Josh Jacobs. Um, yeah. So after this game, he was the he was the leading rusher in the NFL at thirteen hundred and three yards. He he has rushed for four hundred and eighty two yards and three TDs in the last three games. So he's really um, coming into his own as well. I like that kid. He was the one that was like, I like lived in his car and stuff like that. And then bought his dad a house. It was like on Instagram or yeah. TikTok yes, or, something. or something. Yeah. And I just, it. it was so cool to like, yeah, to, was, to be able to, to witness that interaction. It was a lot of fun. All right. So next game, Indianapolis at Dallas. Um, this game was pretty close for the most part early on. Um, I mean, it was 21 to 19 with three minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, then this happened. Dallas touchdown. Indianapolis fumble for a Dallas touchdown. Interception by Indianapolis. Touchdown Dallas. Interception by Indianapolis. Touchdown Dallas. Fumble by Indianapolis. Touchdown Dallas. End the game. I would, you know, because I'm like, so I, I knew Dallas was winning the game. And they got the, I had bet on the over and Dallas and then Tampa Bay on Monday night. And I'm watching that game thinking, 
Uh, thank you, Dallas. You got the over all by yourself, my friends. It was only 44 and a half, and I think they scored 54 points. 54 so. points. Now, I was actually watching this at Tokyo's in Federal Way. Tokyo's is one of those, like, is it like the hibachi, not hibachi, but it's the chefs that do all, it's like the... Okay, like, yeah, like the Mongolian grill. Type yeah, thing. yeah, so they, they do all it? that display in front of you, and yeah. so um, it was the there was volcano, like three, all yeah, that, all that stuff. Yeah, they must. But there's like three people in the in our party that had like birthdays in November, so it was kind of like this joint celebration. But they had like directly across from me two TVs that were simultaneously playing that game. So I was kind of checking it so out while chatting. I'm at the a... well, I'm at the very end of the table anyway. Yeah. It's like I can only hear uh, because it's so loud in there. I can, oh, yeah. I can only hear like my wife who's on my you know sitting on my right, and we had strangers on my left. So I was really trying to like. They, they pull everybody ponies up, right? Yeah. And they just fill every spot. And, and it's just weird being next so close to, in, yeah. in that kind of setting, to people you don't know. So I was just, I can't hear anything. She's, yeah, she's so, talking hey, to somebody on her right. And turn I'm, it out. Yeah. Watch the game. <laughs> there we not? go. That's where I was. That was a long story about that. All right. Let's, moving on. Anything else about that game? Uh, you know, I just it was a an utter beatdown by a great Dallas defense and uh, and a and an okay those turnovers Dallas though, man. All right, New Orleans at Tampa Bay. This game looked ugly. I'm, yeah, New Orleans yeah, at Tampa. It was disgusting, man. It was like I would, and because like I had my last parlay of the weekend riding on this game. I watched every minute of it. I almost turned it off like three times just because I'm like, it's over. Like I lost. Okay, never mind. It was only a five dollar parlay, so I wasn't that invested in it. And then all of a sudden. Uh, Tom Brady flipped a switch and turned into like 10 years ago, Tom Brady, maybe five years ago, Tom Brady, and uh, was just on, on a mission. So I was meal prepping on Monday. Like we kind of make our meals, dinners yeah. and stuff for the week. And that was my day because we I, I usually do it on Sundays between the end of the afternoon games and the evening game, Sunday night football. Um, but because we had this dinner thing, I wasn't able to do it. So I kind of was like looking at my phone, looking at the score, like who, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I caught the, the final red zone possession for Tampa at the end of the game, but I didn't see a lot of this thing. And just looking at the play by play, you, all you had to watch is the fourth quarter. Apparently. Yeah. And that last drive. So there was a lot where like, um, Mark Ingram had an opportunity to get a first down to really kind of seal the game and then, like, shot out of bounce, like, two yards short. Mark Ingram. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. I was thinking of uh, Mark, uh, the, uh, the tight end for uh, Tampa, or for Baltimore. Sorry, Mark and- I was thinking of Mark Andrews. I was like, wait, Mark Andrews wasn't playing this game. My bad. Yeah, Mark Ingram. And he got hurt, right? Like, yeah. He was, he was like, he came back, what? but then he came right back in. Well, I think he got hurt prior to that play and then ran out of bounds for no contact, if, if I'm remembering yeah. how it worked. And, and he didn't just, get the first down. And didn't get the first down. And then they were able to stop him yeah. on third he, down. Yeah, because he didn't want to pressure, I think it was um, 54, was it uh, Dwight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For um, Tampa? White. Yeah, they didn't want to push him too much. So, I don't know. It looked like an ugly game. It was. I'm not unhappy that I didn't see it, so... Yeah, I wouldn't be either. But, uh, hey, I won on that game. Tom Brady is the GOAT still after all these years. Thank you. There sir. you go. All right. Now, I text you this week. It's We're at the three-quarter mark. Yeah. So you have your 
Do, do you put together your I do. Your I rankings? have them ready to go. All right. So how do we how do we do this last time? I forget. Did you just run through yours and then me mine? Um, I think we went five. Okay, we just five went at through. A time or so. Yeah, four at a time. Like that, yeah, we broke time, it up. All right, so let's let's do our Mount Rushmore. Okay. One through four. Who do you have? Uh, I have the Philadelphia Eagles uh, sitting on the top of the mountain, followed by their division rivals, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Then, uh, because of their loss this last week to Cincinnati, I uh, bumped Cincinnati from. Uh, they were one in my last rankings. I bumped them down to three, uh, followed by the Buffalo Bills, who fell a spot to four. Uh, I have no change. I have Philly, Kansas City, Buffalo, Dallas. That was from like the last. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, num- uh, five through eight. C- I have... Contenders division. Yeah, contenders. Okay. Uh, Minnesota, um, just the record alone you know, speaks for itself. They're 10 and two. Uh, and, and kind of mowing down everyone in front of them at this point. And you, you, you got to give them some credit for that. Uh, Cincinnati had a big jump in my uh, rankings from 13 up to number uh, six, just because I think uh, in conjunction with the – I have San Francisco seven with in conjunction with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, going out. I, I mean, I feel I – was, I was really torn on how far to drop San Francisco because of this. Um, but I, I just moved him down a spot to seven, uh, followed by the Miami Dolphins. So All right, yeah. so my five, like yours, uh, Minnesota, unchanged. I moved San Francisco into the sixth spot, up two from eight. Um, I really think that defense is transcendent, and I think they can hold it together. Maybe we get Jimmy G back right at the playoffs, if that's something that's even necessary. We'll see how Brock Purdy does. I think in a large part, this offense is pretty plug-and-play. Um, We'll, we'll see. It's just you got to minimize. You got to take the chances when you can. You got to minimize your mistakes. Uh, Jimmy G can definitely minimize mistakes, I suppose, but he's not really an accurate passer. Doesn't really take chances downfield. He's a check down Charlie. Um, they still got CMC in there that can help kind of move the ball a little bit. And they are yak monsters. So let's throw it short yeah. and get get those yaks. All right. So my seven is Cincinnati. They're up five. Um, they got Reader back, which I guess is the, the the cornerstone to that defensive line. So I expect them to get better defensively. But they've kind of been sivvy. They just like they leak like a sieve a little bit uh, so yeah. far this year. So I, I want to see a little bit more for them before I call them a dominant team. And then, you know, as good as Burrow and that offense can be, they've been up and down throughout the season. But they're still, for me, up five at seven. And then Baltimore drops to the eighth seed. Um Minus one on that. So uh, we got next. That's their next division, nine through 12. What do you got? Okay, I dropped Seattle a couple of spots to number nine uh, from seven. I got I bumped Tennessee up, I think, from 13 to 10. Uh, New York Giants at 11 and the New York Jets at 12. Nice. All right, so I have Miami at nine. No change there. I moved Tennessee up one spot to 10. Um, I moved the Jets up at four because I'm really, I'm really believing in their defense right now, and I'm going into this the the ides of the season. Just like this is where these types of things matter, right? Like defense yeah. and running the ball, and I think they're good at both of those things. Okay. Um, so if Mike uh, White Mike can keep it together, I think they're a good team. Number twelve, I have Seattle down six. I was really, really feeling them. At that Until midseason these last mark. last three games. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, long shots. This is our next division, 13 through 16. Okay, I got Baltimore down a number of spots, I think six spots. I had them up at seven prior to this. They're at 13 for me now. Uh, bump Tampa Bay up from 19 to 14. Uh, just they've been they they're on a, a little bit of a tear. Got back to 500. Um, you know, I mean, definitely probably not a team you want to see in the playoffs. Uh, it's just what team do you see? Yeah, that's true too. They're kind of a Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, have the LA Chargers at 15 and the Washington Commanders at 16. All right, so I think our top 16 is pretty much identical um, in various tweaks though so i have uh for 13 tampa bay they're down three um they're not as dynamic as i would would like them to be um but they are they they do look like they're in the driver's seat for the nfc south so they're gonna make the playoffs is my guess and once you get them in there with a healthy team with a, a veteran tom brady who knows so I'm still keeping them in the mix here. Uh, 14, I have Washington. Uh, I have them up five. They're playing lights out right now. Uh, even with the tie this week, I still think um, they have you know real playoff potential. Yeah. Um, at 15, I have the Giants down one. I thought that if I was going to compare Washington to the Giants, I think Washington just has an, at least an equal defense, and they have more offensive weapons. So I think they have, you know, maybe I think running back squad, I think um, Washington's better, but I think Saquon's the better running back out of all of them. Yeah. Um, But I think Washington has better receivers. I think right now, I mean, it's a it's a flip of a dime whether Danny and Heineke are who's better there. So. Um, yeah, I have uh, New York at the Giants at 15, and then the Chargers down three at 16. All right, so for the Seinfeld division, 17 through 20, uh, who do you have? All right, I got uh, the New England Patriots, um, and I dropped them down a few spots from the previous rankings. Um, they've just been really up and down this whole season. Six can't, and six. Can't really peg them. Yeah. Um, Detroit Lions at number eighteen. I, I bumped them up. I think six, they were they were my biggest riser of the of this this uh, iteration of the power rankings. Uh, Jacksonville at nineteen, uh, up up a few spots as well. I had them down actually quite a bit too. So I think them and Detroit were the two highest risers. Uh, and Pittsburgh at seven or at tw- number twenty. Sorry. So we're very close. Um... I am selling Jack my, all my Jacksonville stock. Yeah. Um, I so I have them much lower. But here are from seventeen again. I have New England. Uh, no no change. I moved Las Vegas up pretty pretty high because they are really playing very well right now. Yeah. Um, and they're always in these games. It's whether they make a mistake or they make a play. That seems to what decides the game. So I have them uh, at 18, up eight spots. I have Pittsburgh. This was a big riser here. These are like, like a lot of big risers here. Shuffle for me, if you will. I have Pittsburgh yeah. at up 11 spots at 19 and Detroit up 12 at, uh, at 20. Oh, wow. So you had them at 30 and 31? going into this uh i had pittsburgh at 30 and uh detroit at 32 oh wow yeah okay great well they were going through that streak where they had lost like four games in a row yeah and they i was just like they were looking great either. yeah but they i mean that's just how the season works two games later they're right there in the mix yeah. 
All right, the Pretenders is our next division, 21 through 24. Uh, all right, I got Cleveland Browns. They uh, needed three defensive or three defensive slash special teams touchdowns to beat uh, the worst team in the league. Uh, spoiler alert. And uh, yeah, I just don't I don't trust them. The Lamar or uh, I almost called him Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Deshaun Watson uh, has not played in a, in two years essentially, and I don't see him necessarily coming back and and setting the world on fire so um god willing uh 22 i have the green bay packers 23 i have uh the las vegas raiders that you mentioned before um yeah they are doing well and they they're on the verge of like making a big jump in my rankings as well and then 24 is the atlanta falcons okay i have green bay at 21 up four um They've rattled off a couple of uh, good games, wins, um, since we last did this. Uh, so I think they're kind of trending upwards, and I'm always going to kind of put um, – I'm going to bet on Aaron Rodgers there. I have Atlanta down six at 22. They're just a hot and cold team. Um, I don't think Mariota has a lot left in him. Um, I'd like to see them start trying to play Ritter. I'm not yeah, sure why too. they're not. Um, other than they think they can still um, catch win. that division, yeah. So that's the only thing. Once that gets out of hand, you know, maybe they start thinking right. about other options. Um, I got twenty three. I have Arizona. They're up four. Um, I'm really liking their squad. I mean, this could be like the the hard knocks effect here. Um, I like their their players. They're tough. Um, I think Kyler Murray's a little prickly. Um, but I don't know why, um, I don't know, Ben Simmons, Bill Simmons rather makes fun of their coach quite a bit. Um, and I'm not sure I agree necessarily. I mean, he's not inspiring me to like run through a wall or anything, but I guess I don't know what his play calls are. He seems to have good relationships with his, with his players and stuff like that. So I don't know. Um, and finally, uh, Cleveland down two. they're just a bad team. I think Deshaun Watson is going to go in history of their history as one of the worst signings ever. Um, they are stuck with this POS for the next five years or whatever yeah. it is. So it's yeah, um, my, it's probably the worst contract in football other than Russell Wilson. Absolutely. All right. So the next four, maybe next year division, we have 25 through 28. Who do you have? Uh, Indianapolis Colts at 25. I, I bumped them down a couple spots. Like I feel like they were playing better. Uh, a few weeks ago, um, Arizona at 26, like you had mentioned, like they were a little lower on my board as well before this. And I did move them up a bit and I'm, I'm hoping they continue some positive momentum because uh, they're playing Denver in a couple weeks. And I, that's all I care about at this point is Seattle wins and Denver losses. <laughs> Interesting logic there. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, 27, I have the New Orleans Saints. And 28, I have the Carolina Panthers. All right, I think I – well, there's one glaring difference here. But my 25 is New Orleans, down five. Even after the loss, uh, I still think their defense is pretty good. It is, um, yeah. I'm not sure what's going on with their quarterback situation, why the Red Rifle's still in there. But, you know, whatever. He had a good game, man. I, you can't really he, complain about he's what the he 20s. He's the 20s. He's yeah. the 20s. Like, he can run it through the 20s. That's um, true. So 26, I have Jacksonville down three. There's really not a lot that I see positive when I watch their games. And I'm, I'm having a tough time thinking about what 
um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be. I think he flashes a few times. Yeah, in a game. I need some consistent flashes. You know, back to back games where he's good. Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, no, I saw a clip from a podcast, and I think Ian, I think it was the Pat McAfee podcast, and Ian Rappaport was filling in for Pat McAfee because on Fridays he goes off and does. Uh, he flies out to college game day to his new gig with them. Hmm. Um, but he, Ian Rappaport was saying that he had written an article in, like in Josh Allen's second year just roasting him and saying he's the worst quarterback he's ever seen. He said that he got a call from a scout from Buffalo and said, watch this play in like game three. Watch this play in game five. Watch this play in game nine. And you'll see – He's like, he's going to be great. Yeah. Just don't doubt it. Look at those four plays. And he went and looked at those plays and was like, God damn, he looks really good in those four plays. And Josh Allen was able to turn it around and, and figure it out. And I feel like Trevor Lawrence has a little bit of that. I, uh, I want, where there's there's a few plays every game that you're just like, damn, I want that him was to great. Get, I want him to get at offensive line because I want him to have a little time to do stuff. Yeah. Right? I don't think he has a lot of time, and I think he presses a little bit. Uh, he's gotten better, I thought, than what I saw from him last year. Obviously, he's got a better coach. So I'm hoping that the progression's there. But top to bottom, they don't have really good skill players outside of ETN or ATN. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I just – there's not a lot of options or weapons for him. So we'll yeah. see how it goes. True, true. All right, rounding off uh, this division, I have Indianapolis down six at 27 and Carolina up one out of the relegated division into 28. All right, so the aforementioned relocated division. This is where we have 29 through 32. What do you have? Uh, it's, it sounds like we have the same four at the bottom here. It does, uh, yeah. So I got 29 Los Angeles Rams. Uh, just They're just terrible. It'll be interesting to see if Baker Mayfield can uh, spark them whatsoever because they do still have a good defense, and especially if Aaron Donald comes back soon. Um, you know, they got Jalen Ramsey out there. They have some they have some dogs on defense. The offense Well, they have two defenders within the top five of their position for sure. I think the depth in their defense drops substantially yeah. from those two players. But yeah. Well, yeah. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see what how they finish out the season because they, they're not getting their first round draft pick this year either. It's going to Detroit. So And next year, right? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure about that. I just know for sure that it goes to Detroit this year. Um, so yeah, we're rooting and actually, man, it boils down the Denver. I was telling, I texted you, I think at one point, the Denver Rams game is going to have a huge impact mm. on where the Seattle draft pick lay. It, it could go anywhere from so you'd number be two for the Rams that day, right? Yes, of yeah. course. It's going to, it can go anywhere from two to like Baker's seven revenge. right now. Oh man. I hope so. Honestly, if, the, if he puts up 13, we'll call it the Baker's dozen. Then they should win that game. <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's go. Uh, so number thirty, I have Chicago Bears, uh, and the only reason they're thirty instead of thirty-one is because I think uh, Justin Fields is fun to watch and has a, sparks that team a little bit, and, mm. and could still get another win or two, God willing, this season. Um, thirty-one, Denver Broncos. Thirty-two, Houston Texans. All right. So I have obviously the same teams. Twenty-nine, uh, the Rams. They're down one. I have Denver at thirty. Um, down six and Chicago at 31 down 13. Now, the reason I would put this, put them in this order is because Denver has an elite defensive team. 
True. So if you look at all of the squads, the different squads on those two teams, um, Denver has the best squad. You're going to rank that Denver D right there. Um, Chicago, you're right about uh, Justin Fields. I think he makes, you know, a few too many mistakes, uh, interceptions, fumbles, um, that the way that he's run, running got to him. He got that separated shoulder as well as he was running. He's still taking big hits and stuff. So that could have some kind of long-term effects if they can't find a way to keep him in the pocket or, you know, design some, some better runs for him. Just rather, you know, you don't want to see him just like grabbing the ball, tucking it and running into people. So that's why I have Denver at 30, Chicago at 31, and of course Houston um, after watching him this week against a really, really bad Cleveland team with a really, really bad quarterback. Um, yeah, they're the worst team in the league, hands down. Yeah, for sure. All right. So what are we looking forward to uh, week 14, bro? Um, what do you got? All right. my uh, The bets I'm putting in this week um, – Raiders Rams on Thursday Night Football. I'm going under 44 and a half. Uh, I just think I got away from. I've, I've bet on the over a couple of times recently um, in real life, and uh, just going against my own better judgment. Better judgment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bet, yeah, betting on the over on these Thursday night games that are just uh, it's too too quick of a turnaround. So I'm going under Raiders Rams. Uh, I'm going. Uh, this week, yeah, that's going to be a horrible game. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Um, I'm going Dallas, and I another. This is actually me going against my better judgment. No, Dallas minus seventeen versus Houston. It's a home game for Dallas. I just Houston is terrible, and Dallas's defense is elite. And I think they can score points. So well, I think uh, Dallas is going to destroy them. I just I didn't think there was value in in any scenario I, where I was going with Dallas. I could not find any. I, I just I did not love any of the lines this week. Yeah, right? like that, that's what led me to that. Uh, yeah, they're rough. They're tight. They are. A lot of them are. And uh, Minnesota. I took Minnesota plus two and a half at Detroit, which I found shocking that you can get two and a half points. On a, with a with a uh, ten and two team, this late in the season, the street uh, uh, they don't have any faith in Minnesota. Yeah, it's true. All right, so I'm going with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice. I, I only did three this week. Let's let's see let's see what shakes out. I also almost bet on Buffalo uh, to beat the Jets. Oof. Because that's a stay away game for me because I just don't know. It's nine and a half point spread, but that's a lot. I got some numbers for later there's some some yolo josh josh allen potential with this yeah. game all right i have five uh bets this week uh, two parlays and like two uh, uh not back money to line. the parlays huh chasing what? it i'm chasing it chasing man it. so i have cleveland at cincinnati minus six and a half and the over 47 and a half that's plus 240 uh 214 um yeah i think obviously cincinnati is going to win i think they're going to win big um i'm hoping they can put up some some points i think cleveland I'm hoping they'll get in 20, 24 points, but I think Cincinnati can uh, can handle them pretty pretty easily. Well, easily. I mean, it's the NFL, but you know what I mean. Yeah. All right, I got Tampa at San Francisco. I uh, took the San Francisco money line and the over, which is 37.5. That's plus 173. I truly believe that this one's going to hit. I guess the only wrinkle to that is how does Purdy do? Like, can, can he run this offense? Um, we'll see. 
So that's where the risk. But I thought the, the 37 and a half wasn't a lot for those two teams. Yeah. My third one is Philly uh, minus seven at the New York Giants, New York football Giants. That's uh, minus 120. I got Baltimore at Pittsburgh minus two and a half. I'm taking, uh, taking the minus two and a half on Pittsburgh at home uh, minus 118. And then I'm jumping into the fray with that uh, Minnesota at Detroit minus two and a half on Detroit. Uh, that's uh, minus 110 on the payout. I'm also just interested in watching these games as well. The Tampa Bay San Francisco game, I think that's going to be key because that's a big like playoff matchup. Like how do these teams do? Uh, and I think it has a lot of implications for not only the NFC South, but seeding for you know, the potential playoffs. Uh, Miami at Chargers, this thing got flexed into Sunday night, I believe. So um, I think the, the entire world is looking forward to this game. Um, coming off, uh, both of these teams coming off a loss. We'll see how they how they rebound. Uh, and then Philly at the Giants, really kind of NFC East matchup. Um, two teams at the top of that division um, and both another playoff, p- potential playoff matchup. Yeah, I'm excited for that one too. All right, your question of the week. What do you got? All right, Mike. Watching, I watched a, a long segment uh, on ESPN Sunday NFL Countdown. They were replaying it multiple times throughout the week of Andrew Luck talking about why he walked away from football and how tough it was for the him articles to walk away flagged. From yeah, I gotta read through. Um, I haven't read the article itself, but it it was pretty. Like the the piece they did on, on ESPN was was pretty powerful. My question for you is: Will Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady be playing football in 2023? And if so, who will they be playing for? Because it doesn't seem like if Brady's playing, he's going to be in Tampa anymore. So the first part, yes, I think they'll be playing next season. Think so both Aaron, of them are still in. Yeah, you don't think Brady's leaving for uh, for the. Let me finish Animals. what I'm saying. Oh, man. Jesus just, Christ. I'm just asking. All right. Well, let me get through. Let All me right, answer go. the question before you ask another question. Oh, God. How does this work? Get, I only prepared for the questions <laughs> you asked me already. All right. Go. All right. Aaron Rodgers. I, he signed through 2026. So, oh, is that long? I thought it was just a three. I thought he signed a three-year deal two years ago mm. or before last season. Okay. I thought it was just one more season. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So, Sorry. Don't mean to interrupt you. There's some there's some funky stuff inside the contract that I'll get to in a second. Okay. Um, there's an 85% chance that he's a Packer next year. Okay. And I think about a 15% chance of a trade. Now it's going to be hard because of the cap hit. Um, the team with the best combination of available cap and draft capital uh, and not named the Bears is Atlanta. So ponder that. Now, mm-hmm. after the 2023 season, things get a little interesting Green Bay can opt out in 24 or 25, um, and they only have to pay the, that salary that the salary for that season. Okay. So if they opt out in 2024, they can opt out by paying him that entire year's salary. And isn't he making 50 million dollars a year? It's, a, it's so the first one's like 58, and then it gets down to like 46 in 2025. Okay. okay. So yeah. Okay, well, right. I, this is a shitty question now that I know what his contract is. Jesus. All well, right, go this ahead. One's a little bit, this one's a little bit uh, more fun. Tom Brady signed a one-year $15 million contract for this year. Um, so he's a free agent, obviously, next year. Um, I think there's a 70, 70% chance that he signs with the New England Patriots. 
for the 2023 season at I, least. Yeah. No, I heard uh, heard that uh, conspiracy theory on the Bill Simmons podcast. All right. So he and Robert Kraft are very close. Uh, Belichick, if, they, if him and Belichick can kind of put to bed some of their, their issues in the past, Belichick is a smart guy. And he does care a lot about winning. So I think there's motivation there to do that. I think New England is a good quarterback away from being back in the mix at the top of the AFC. So I think they solve that problem right away by bringing Tom Brady back. And Brady gets to retire a Patriot and a Boston hero. I also think there's a 25% chance he comes back to Tampa and maybe like a 5% chance he goes to San Francisco. But I don't know how that works out from all the money and the cap and all that kind of other stuff. So there you go. All right. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not giving any any guesses because I clearly am not good at that. Uh, anyway. So all right. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm all right. Glad, here we are sitting on your opinion. on take corner. So uh, we have a couple of watches that we'd like to run through. We kind of ran through one already. So we're going to do the white mic watch. We're going to call it AKA the whitewash. Uh, Thirty one uh, out of fifty seven passes, fifty four yard percentage. He had a rough day. Uh, 369 passing yards, two interceptions, most of those passing yards in the second half. Justin Fields watch, a.k.a. Fields of Dreams. He was 20 for 25, 80%, 254 passing, two picks, uh, 71 yards rushing, and a touchdown. So he's really doing a good job with those, uh, those running yards. All right, my last thing um, is I was listening to Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Ryan Rosillo show today, and it got and it piqued my interest. Interesting concept of what you call the mercenary quarterback. You with me so far? Yeah. So he personally divided his career into two parts. The second part from like 2004, he said, I believe, till when he retired, I think it was 2021. He would basically come in for a year or two while the team was tra- <clears throat> was transitioning. He would raise the floor of the team, uh, building up a new young draft pick or something. Um, and uh, when his time was up, he would move to the next team. Like the guy would come in and say, all right, you've, you've done great for us, but I think so-and-so's ready. And he just moves on. No, no hard feelings. He said it was difficult for his family at times because they were constantly moving, but he found a niche for himself doing that. So that's kind of like the genesis of this idea. It made a lot of money. A lot of money. Very good. Um, This got me thinking about a player doing this as a starter, like an all-time QB, if you will. Sign a one-year deal, play for a title, and move on. Like a really good um, uh, elite player, athletic, uh, multitude of abilities, uh, so that they're adaptable in different offenses and with different players. They have to be totally versatile, uh, be a true ceiling raiser. I think um, Fitzpatrick was a floor raiser, but they need a true ceiling raiser uh, as a quarterback. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this would help a team in middling in the playoffs um, to a potential Super Bowl championship. So my question to you is, who who in the NFL right now do you think fits that mold? Let's just throw out the, the current contracts. I mean, you could. I have three, so let me get the. Yeah, I'll go, start. Throw one out. Throw so one Josh out. Allen. Yeah. Big arm, cuts through wind. He's a good running uh, quarterback. He's smart. 
Yeah, he seems I think to have Lamar good chemistry. Jackson, if you put him in the right situation, would probably be one of them. That's my number two. Okay, I'm um, not ranked, but that's one of the yeah, players that I have. And then I have a question mark: Justin Fields. I don't think he's a good a thrower as either of the first two yet, but I think he has that kind of potential. You really need a quarterback that knows how to run because you're going to be in you you're, you're going to be, you in, be in a tough situation. Yeah, as far yeah. as offensive line, and and it helps you when. You don't have like the the chemistry with receivers and things over those two or three seasons, right? You can come in and if things broke down or the receiver's not where you think he's going to be, you can run and you have that ability and then to, to keep the chains moving. I see you what you're saying because I was going to say how you know where do you rank like Patrick Mahomes, who's clearly the best quarterback and. Uh, even Aaron Rodgers, who you know, well, they they both can like run if they have to get away for so a second. Tom but... Brady and Aaron Rodgers are very hard on the receivers, so yeah. you can't you can't have a guy come in and just start barking order at receivers, right? With no respect in that locker room, those True. guys earn that, right? right? So they can yell at their receivers, and as you come in, you know that. So this is have to be somebody that can is very personable. In um, not that Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers aren't personable, but I mean in the in that scenario, you have to be able to to just kind of walk in and and be plug and play. Now, as I thought about this, I think the concept probably doesn't work because of the franchise tag. Because any team that has a player under contract, um, they are going to execute that, you know, so that they can give give themselves a two three year window. Now, sidebar. I was pretty unclear about the limitations of the franchise tag. You were not. So I'll give you that. I just wanted to take a moment to confirm Jeremy was right, and I wanted to do it on this pod. So you can you can flag oh, this episode you. if you want, Jeremy. Thank you. All right. With that said, the franchise tag is like the modern version of the indentured servitude. The team can franchise a player uh, for up to three straight years. Uh, the first year, they get the average salary of the top five people at that position, and then they get significant bumps in year two and three. Um, however, in this case, the player really doesn't get to determine it's their own destiny. Um, if they don't like their coach, who cares? If their wife hates Buffalo, not my problem. It just To me, it feels really gross. It's like NFL colonization. And... I, I look at somebody like Lamar Jackson. If he doesn't able to, if he isn't able to sign that contract, sign a long-term contract that fits his needs, then they're definitely going to franchise tag him. Which means he'll get he'll get that one year of money, no question, right? But it's for the next three years they just tag him and drag this out, and he can't just go. No, I don't want to play for you guys. I don't want to sign the franchise tag and go to Denver or whatever. They're just, he's stuck there. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. It seems, it seems dirty. It definitely seems like a, something that the, that the owners put in place. So they, so they couldn't, so they wouldn't lose out on quarterback talent because their team sucked or the guy hated their coach or whatever. It's just more leverage for the old white dude. That is a fact. And, you know, Geno Smith's probably going to catch the franchise tag, I would unless they're able, the Seahawks are able to sign him to a long term deal. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have think. to look at who else is available, that who they might need to I franchise. I forget tag. who, yeah. I, yeah, I can't remember. You're going to pay Geno Smith an average it's of the top. $32 million. For, no way. It's $32 million. He's like the number five quarterback in the NFL this year, bro. Like, what do you do? 
You can't let him walk, can you? No, you sign three years 60. It's going to be like three years 100, probably. No way. You're, you're insane. Three and 90. You're I insane. I, I listened to a, an interview with an NFL cap strategist this year that was on Seattle Sports Radio, or this week, I mean, and he said at least three and 90. To get the conversation started, it has to start at three and ninety. Based on what? Him one I, year? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Top five Don't performance. Agree. I I wouldn't disagree. like to do that either. But anyway, all right. So, Mike, my take corner um, is related to Mike White to, or White Mike, as you like to call him. Okay. Last year he came in. I forget what team he was playing against because I can't find my stats right now. Balled out first game. Mm-hmm. Just like this year. He came in, balled out first game. Second game, didn't do so well, ended up getting hurt like halfway through the, the game. This second game he started, didn't do very well, was okay, Was had the team in position to win at the end though. Third game last year. Good second half. Third game last year, played Buffalo got completely obliterated, lost the starting job, didn't hear from him again until last week. They play Buffalo this week. I believe they're number one defensive DVOA. They play Buffalo this week. This is going to be very, very interesting to see how this plays out because I don't really believe – I mean, I don't know how anybody can, like, trust in Mike White to be the future of this team by any means. Not the future. You're just trying to get yourself to the playoffs. And they need – they. I mean, yeah. And the team – I'm pretty sure the front office is not happy that they have no option. Because, like, everybody's wearing uh, Mike effing White T-shirts this week in the locker room. Uh, There's hyping this dude up like crazy. And at the beginning of the year – they were wearing uh, Zach Wilson MILF-related T-shirts in the locker room uh, coming into the season. So it's going to be really uh, – th- this game this weekend is going to go a long way to, to, to figuring out the future of the New York Jets, uh, both for the season and for the future of the team. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here for all of it. I can't wait to see what happens. It'll be fun. All right. I have uh, one, uh, one more take, and it was kind of based off that another uh, Ryan pa- uh, Fitzpatrick idea. Okay. So, Jeremy, you're going to like this one. Fitz was talking about how much he loved playing with Jake Locker. Really? Talking about how good of an athlete he was, uh, like how good a person he was. He was gr- a great locker room guy. The team loved him. Um, and I was thinking, like, was he born like a decade too soon? With today's teams using a lot more RPOs and spread style offenses, uh, what do you think his career would look like? It had it had to have been different. Yeah, I mean, because throwing was his issue, like yeah. accurate passing, pocket passing. But with the, I feel what like they're now, doing now he would. Yeah, I mean, now he would. I think he would be doing much better now because it's more, you know, run first quarterbacks are, are really is he trying. Jalen Hurts is that his ceiling I think probably somewhere around that I would say yeah um because Hurts isn't the the best with the you know throwing the ball downfield but he he can make he makes things happen and that was that was always Jake Locker's thing well so. you look at Mariota um I think if he peaked during this period of time maybe this is the second or third year in the league versus yeah. his 10th or whatever it is maybe 
he is able to be a little bit more successful in this type of offense. I mean, he's still a starting quarterback in the NFL, so that's kind of crazy. He's just not as like fast, and you don't really worry about him running at this point and stuff like that. So, um, and he can put it, throw a pass or two out of his out of his back pocket every now and again. I'd I'd like yeah. to see his career uh, as well, like five years, six years later. All right, so I think that the greatest example of this is Sam Bradford. We talked about this in season one of the podcast in the in the two thousands um, decade yeah. episode. Um, he was uh, the quarterback for that 08 Oklahoma Sooner team. Um, he was, which was one of the most prolific offenses in uh, college football history. They were very RPO spread heavy. Uh, Bradford was in the shotgun almost exclusively. Despite all of that, his training leading up to the NFL draft was uh, all about quarterbacking under center. So they took a guy that's never been under center and they knew where he was going. And he's like, his his quarterback coaches were like, training coaches, whatever you call them, were like, you need to get under, under center. And it just, if they were more open to allowing players like that to kind of do what's best for them and then designing a system or moving players around around them, especially if he's the number one pick, you know, instead of trying to take that square peg into the round hole, I think he would have definitely had a different career. Maybe it's a sliding doors moment. Like, let's say he gets in there and is we're running those type, kind of offensives now. Maybe he's not taking those hits. Maybe that knee doesn't get shattered 17 times, although he seemed a little kind of uh, light-boned in uh, his college career right. as well. Also, um, can Chip Kelly see the future? Like, he was kind of running those plays. His, his wrinkle to it was speed, right, and frequency at which you – ran them just basically keeping the defense on their heels staying in front of the sticks all game uh, the problem is when they ran into like really really good defenses they didn't have um when they were behind the sticks didn't have a lot of skill players that could you know, could win their one-on-one matchups didn't have particularly good quarterbacks from a passing perspective so it was interesting to kind of think about chip kelly and what he was doing in the nfl with those eagles teams and uh, San Francisco wasn't successful for him, but those Eagles teams and how it kind of shot out of the cannon a little bit took the took the NFL by surprise a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the you know the funny thing about Jake Lockers, he could have come out in so he only played four seasons in the NFL. He could have and he could have come out. He he didn't come out until the year after they changed the rookie wage scale so like every year the the rookie quarterback that went number one would end up uh being the the highest paid player in the nfl that year um just there was talk of him being the first pick that year and he would have if he would have come out the same year as sam bradford after his junior season probably would have had i mean he would have been either one or two most more than likely and ended up going i think he still went in the top 10 uh to tennessee the next year after leading the huskies back to a bowl game for the first time in like five or six years. He wanted to finish what he started. Yeah, he wanted to finish what he started. Ended up making $12.5 million roughly in the NFL. And yeah, probably could have made, made yeah, and probably could have made $60 million in those first four years if he came out a year Well, just sooner. look at Bradford. I mean, I think he's made $220 million or something like yeah. that over and, his entire and I believe, career. He's played and, like 60% of the, the snaps or something. Well, and I think like, I like, I always like go back to the integrity of Jake Locker because 
I, I saw an interview with him, you know, he, he was offered a, like a $20 million, like three or four year deal with San Francisco after his Tennessee contract ended and they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Uh, and he could have gone and just taken, you know, cash the checks and, and sat on the bench and been the backup quarterback, but he just, he had lost the, the drive and the, right. the, the want it to play football to anymore. Yeah, and, it happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's some integrity in that, that you turned it down and, you know, he went back to his small town in uh, northern Washington and uh, in Ferndale and, and is, like, coaching up young high school players and has gotten a couple from his little uh, the outfit that he runs, his little training center into into D1 colleges and – is doing doing his thing up there, and I mean it's cool, man. I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Jake Locker. For figured, sure. figured you did. All right, any other uh, take corners? No, that was it for takes me. from the corner. All right, all right. We'll get into the diversity section. I didn't have a lot this week. I vamped like way too long last week, and I'm not going to put our audience through that again. <laughs> I got to be I got to be able to trim this down. I was thinking maybe if I broke that one into like three parts. Yeah. And just kind of made it a series because <laughs> it was too much. Um, so I won't do that to you guys today. God uh, bless you all if you're still listening anyway. We're an hour <laughs> and 40 minutes into this joint. So. All right. So uh, I did look at Hard Knocks uh, in season. Love I did put those it. in here. Um, I was thinking about it, like less football stuff and more like life stuff. It's it's interesting that these shows I'm, I'm so happy that they exist because it gives you context of who these people are right not just the players not just the teams but how they interact that story about um hamilton the the cornerback oh, how the, he, the grease on his yeah he burnt oh, he burnt himself God. with uh, some cooking grease and just to kind of hear that story and what they had gone through and like all this all the stuff and like he was sitting there talking to his wife and and just like how those two pulled it all together to make it work regardless of what was going to happen mm-hmm. they they had each other's back it was just like a really really nice story and it just reminded me that we sometimes think about these players like too like like my dk metcalf take like he's a human being right and he's working on his craft he's only in the league for three years right. and yes i'd like to see him do do all of these amazing things that other amazing players do and in, in order for me to put him at the the top of the list but honestly he's just he's just a he's a regular dude who has a job and it, i don't want to define him by his job and what right. he can and can't do all the time and it just it put all of that in perspective for me i love watching these um more for those type of stories than i typically do for the they don't share a lot of football knowledge with you, right? Because yeah. they don't want to like tip their tip their hat. So you, it's really about the people, and I like I'm definitely invested, even though they are the Cardinals. No, I'm I'm right there with you, man. I love that the the show's fun to watch. It's interesting to to get a different, yeah, like you said, a different perspective on on these players that we see all the time. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Um, I have quite a few. <laughs> Now uh, you're, it's yeah, your turn. I know. Go ahead. Going off. So I watched the second part of the HBO Max four-part documentary series, Shaq. Uh, episode two, The Rise, is uh, basically takes a closer look at 96 through 2000. So from Shaq getting to L.A. to him winning his first championship, um, talks about how he was like really hung up on comparisons to Kareem and Wilt Chamberlain 
and Magic Johnson um, just was like having a lot of hard times with that. Uh, it's hard not to as a Laker. Yeah, right? and and they all LA will do it. And they all told him straight out, like, "Hey, like, win a championship or you're not shit." Basically, like, you're you know, they're not building statues for anybody who's not winning championships here. And uh, he was able to to get it done that year. And um, they they go in kind of in depth uh, into the playoff run that year. And they went through in 2000 and go through because they had gotten swept out of the playoffs a couple of years. Um, Is like that the year Houston. that they, they rattled off and won every game except for the one against Philly? No, no, that's not that. That's that, that was the year they played. Oh, man. I'm blanking on who they played in the finals now. But they uh, – no, they went um, – they went to game five in the set. They really touched on the Sacramento series, mm-hmm. and that's when they had changed it. So it was five games first round, five games second round, seven in the conference championship, and then seven in the that horrible refereed game six. Yeah, in in Sacramento. Yeah, that, well, in uh, Sacramento was, was only a five game series that year. No, maybe it was. So anyway, the the last game, I believe it was five games. They were showing. But it, it, I think it was a year before. It was the, it was game six in Portland, or in a, yeah, the the game six was against Portland that year that w- went sideways. Like Portland no, no, was down no, no. seventy five. Here's to what 60. I'm saying, dude. Pause for a sec. There is a very famous Laker versus um, uh, Kings Kings battle in the conference finals. Right. I don't think it was in two thousand. It was the next year. That's what I said. That might have been two thousand one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're Sorry. on the same page. Yeah, right. it, but they did touch deeply on this Kings series, in and in Game Five. Yeah, it of that started King that series. rivalry. Yeah, yeah. And in Game Game Five of that, well, and the, but that year also there was like a very famous Portland Trailblazers uh, in the conference finals uh, that went sideways on him too. But anyway, Game Five. So his uncle essentially it was like one of his dad's good friends was his bodyguard because his dad's like a former military guy. Um, or, you know, Philip, Phil is my father because my biological didn't bother. Um, he was his, nice. like, his, uh, yeah, he was with him all the time. And he was just like, yeah, Uncle whatever, Sheldon was the only one that could ever calm me down if I, like, lost my shit, basically. And he said that, uh, so Uncle Sheldon, they're talking to Uncle Sheldon. Or, uh, his name's not Sheldon. I'm just, like, p- pulling that name out of thin air. But it's called Unc. Yeah, Unc call, uh, is sitting behind the bench. And Philip Harrison, his, his stepfather, calls Unc and's like, put Shaq on the phone. He's like, Shaq's in the game. I can't put him on the phone. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what the hell is going on there? He's like, I, you're watching the same game as I am, man. I don't know what to tell you. And so finally, like, there's a timeout. And, and so he gives the phone. Like, Shaq takes a phone call on the bench during the game. And his dad's just basically like, quit playing like a pussy. Like, he just, like, read him the riot act. Yeah. Get your ass back in there and go win a championship. And uh, they, they touch uh, – and, and he does. He just balls out um, in that last game. And then they, they – I think they went to six games against Portland. Um, Portland had him on the ropes in game six, uh, 75 to 60 in the fourth quarter. And they went on, a, like, 17-0 run and got the lead back and – that was very controversial. There's a lot of fouls got called in that, and everybody was in the Northwest. I know we're kind of up in arms saying that it was a, the fix was in, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, talked a great deal about Phil 
Phil's relationship with Shaq said that um, uh, Phil told, or I'm sorry, uh, Shaq told uh, Jerry West to go get Phil to be his new next coach after they had struggled with Del Harris and oh Phil uh, Jackson, not yeah, his dad. Phil Jackson, sorry, uh, had sent. So Phil said, Shaq, come to Montana. I'm summering in Montana in in '99, in the summer of '99, and summering. That's where he lives. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he's like, I'm I'm up here in the summers, and so Shaq he has Shaq fly in. Shaq's like, I don't know where the hell we would fly in some place. I have to drive like four hours to go see this guy at a lake. And he said he walked in and he saw the the in his foyer or whatever uh, the six championship trophies, and he's like the sun. It's, there's a there's a, a skylight right over it and uh, just the, glistening. The sun's the shining sunlight. and it's glistening. It's blinding. And, and Shaq's like, I gotta I gotta get one of these. I gotta get one of these. I can't wait. I'm gonna build the same type of thing. And so after they win the championship that first year, he's like, I'm gonna I, I get the you know I get a championship trophy, and I'm like, all right, I, I go home with it. He's like, my dad. It's like, this one's mine. Go get another. <laughs> and he's like, God damn it. I can't make my little Fourier now with my skylight. So it's just, it's the greatest thing, man. Like listening to Shaq talk and tell stories is so much fun. He's got four, right? I love it. Uh, yes. Three with the Lakers and one with the Miami. Heat. Miami. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, he's a great. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm um, just bringing up this tweet. So my next diversity section thing i just happened to see this tweet uh over the last couple of days mike and i thought you would get a kick out of this as well uh it says tyler lockett recently teamed up with bobby wagner <clears throat> called the renton school district which we both went to school in the renton school district we as did. children uh where the so the renton school district where the seahawks headquarters is and paid for all the delinquent student lunches slash meal accounts in the district it's pretty dope that's pretty awesome. I thought that was yeah. cool. Hits home. It's very cool. Like uh, that we went to that, you know, we were in that school district as kids and just think it's cool, man. Like that's a way to give back. How do you get something like that started? Like who do you call? Probably just like the. You like call your, you call the, your assistant. Betty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Here's what we sure. want to do. How do we do it? Yep. Absolutely. So that, I thought that was very cool. Um, the other thing I want to talk about real quick, we had talked a little bit about the NIL deals mm. uh, for college athletes. Sure. And Michael Penix, the University of Washington quarterback, who is already a fifth-year senior this year. Right. Um, but everybody who was in school during the COVID year gets the 2020 season, gets an additional year of eligibility so he could stay for one more year. Well, he announced a couple of days ago that he is coming back for a sixth year in college to play for the University of Washington. And, and he's doing this as a tenured professor. Yeah. Well, the, the rumors are running <laughs> rampant that he is, uh, he, he got himself a seven-figure NIL deal from... From Buick. Uh, from Montlake Future. Well, so each school has their own kind of thing. Like uh, for Huskies, they the Washington Huskies, they call it the Montlake Futures. Like I know the Washington State Cougars, I think it's called the Cougar Collective. Not sure what it is in you know, USC or any of these other schools, but... Um, interesting, it's man. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun to see like how, how this stuff plays out, but Hey man, if we can get better college football 
I'm glad. Like, like, let's go. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, for for those who don't know, I've been making this joke about him that he's like a like a 40 year old man that has like like <laughs> picture like somebody at 37 years old, kind of finishing up their masters and going, hey. This last year of my master's program, I still have a year year of eligibility. I'm going to go play quarterback for the Huskies. He's got a Van Wilder vibe going on So so. I've been joking about his 401ks and Buicks and stuff for quite some time now. So, Uh, Yep, yep. And my last diversity thing is I finished The Sopranos this week and... Is this your first watch? No, no. Oh, okay. I watch it when I watch it well, when, let's, it, let's, when it was. Let's put that out in the ether, there. man. This is your. This you just finished your rewatch. Yeah, I finished my rewatch, and I mentioned multiple times throughout the that I was rewatching it throughout the yeah, this yeah. season. Um, I'm blown away, man. It's better than I remember. So you it's, you you mentioned something about tension. Like what episode were you watching? You said it was like the last episode. The second to last. I texted Mike on Saturday. The penultimate night and uh, yeah, I'm watching the second to last episode, and it's just like Bobby Bacala goes down, Silvio goes down. I'm just like whoa. In the I'm train like, store. I'm like, god damn it! I, I'm like, I know what's gonna happen, and I'm like, still just like, oh my god. On, yeah. Ending was still like the ending was not as good as I remembered it. Like as I remembered it was like, uh, um, like a person is walking towards the table uh, that they're all sitting at in this diner, and then it just cuts to black. But it's just Meadow walking in the front door, yeah. and it cuts to black. So. Um, I was I remembered it better in my head. I almost feel like I wish I wouldn't have watched the last episode because I remember it happening better in my head than it actually did. It gets but, to the point where these guys have to end this stuff, right? They can't yeah. just keep it going. And because you have the buy-in, like Game of Thrones was the same thing. Those, those last few episodes, they're like, this show's expensive and we need to get to the end of something. Yeah. And they kind of rushed it. But what else do, cho- other choice did they, they have? De- and there were definitely, I was seeing like, areas in that like the last few episodes like you could have kept that thing going for a while because of course they killed phil off they kill you know they could have just cycling new characters like where did that big guy that was driving tony around come in i've never seen him all of a sudden they never even touched on yeah where did he come from yeah so it's just like you could fill characters in for no reason yeah anyway if you either haven't seen the show or haven't seen it in a while i recommend going back and watching it's fantastic uh, I've watched it three times. Great acting. It's. I mean, I'm gonna definitely watch it again. Maybe one of my favorite episodes years. is when he takes Meadow on the college tour, oh, and yeah. then he sees like this guy that's in witness protection, and he has and, to go. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about the scene, but like he's at the the guy's like insurance company. Um, it's like a one of those mobile offices. It's got like an axle and stuff, but you see it at like construction sites. Uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And he's just walking around in the woods and just like the birds are chirping, the sun is out. And it's for all intents and purposes, a very like peaceful moment out in, in, the, in, the, in the field. Um, but he's out there to like assassinate somebody. So it was this really interesting scene. And I don't know, it just, yeah, it was good. Yeah, that, a lot of was, feelings. That one definitely like, sticks out in my head yeah. too. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said before, God bless you if you're still listening almost two hours into this <laughs> after me rambling on about well, we're going tweets to, yeah. and nil deals and Sopranos episodes. So uh, there we go. yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. Listen, like, share, rate, review, all that good stuff. Mike, what do you want to say? All right, Jeremy. In 2020's New Jersey, Michael J. White Jr. 
was a gunslinger, the starting quarterback for the New York Jets football team and the King of New York, all before he turned 28. In the streets, he was known as White Boy Mike.